Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanilla Song, with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. How you doing, folks? Another week? We're back. You ever notice? I've, I've, I've fallen into this habit of starting off every show the exact same way, and I'm, I'm kind of getting stuck. I always open it up with, how you doing, folks? Another week. Some variation of that. And that's kind of lame, right? I need to, I, what do you think I should do? Should I have some cat call? I open it up with some kind of howling at the moon dog whistle. I don't know, but I need to mix it up. So I need you to send me your suggestions on how I should mix it up. Maybe I need some kind of repeat expression that's better than how are you doing, folks? Although I was reading by Gong the other day, I shared this on a webinar I was doing with John Barrows uh, and uh, James Bodden on cold calling that the line that gets the most interaction, the most engagement from your cold calling prospects. Uh, hey, it's Daryl. How have you been? All right. It's not how you doing. Like, hey, it's Daryl Pro from Vanilla Soft. How are you? Because nobody cares about that. I don't really care about you. I don't know you. And you're you're probably going to hang up on me, and then I'll never talk to you again. And I I you know I won't change what I'm doing because you're having a good day or a bad day. But how have you been? throws people off a little bit. They have to reflect. It's not just how you rate now. It's how have you been? Good times, bad times. I found that very interesting. It is interesting though, because one of the things I've, I'm intrigued by as I shift gears here, completely ignore that topic, is we've got a thousand things on the go rate now on the marketing side, and on the sales side. I've started doing a couple of things. I've started asking people, inviting new contacts. So that I may, I'm making this offer to you now. If you haven't heard this already, if you're not already connected with me on LinkedIn, please send me a connection request. But the whole point here is you need to be connected to do what I'm about to offer. What I'm offering people is, are you using the LinkedIn voice message or the LinkedIn video message capabilities? You need to use your phone for that. It doesn't really work well on the desktop. Um, and what you do is you go to, you send them a message, right? And in the text box, there's a little plus symbol. When you hit the plus symbol, you can actually add uh, voice messages, etc. And I've been telling them all, kind of like how we open up this whole conversation about how do you open up a conversation, is to send me your voicemail. Send me your voicemail and I'll critique it. I'll give you feedback and, uh, and, and we can practice this. Or, or send me a video message and I'll tell you if you're out of focus or if your head is framed properly or if you look credible or if you look blown out. And I'll tell me how you sound because in a video message, I think in a voice message the same way, you're limited to one minute. And what's happened is I've gotten a lot of people doing that. So there you go. That's your invite. Please do that. It'll be fun. My point being is that when I get a lot of these things happening, then I get backed up and then I start missing appointments and I start missing calendars. And that got me to thinking about how things have changed, how things have changed so much. When I began this business way back when I was so excited, I had the world's best daytimer. It was super thin. It was a real daytimer because PDAs didn't exist in those days. And I loved it because I would write in pen or pencil all my to-dos and I would write it all down. I 
each day was about an inch by inch square and I could have all seven days of one little size paper, almost like a checkbook size. And, and that was in my briefcase. Yes, I had a briefcase in those days and that was, or in my, my suit jacket pocket because we dressed very differently when I began life in, in, in my career. And that's how I stayed on top of my game. I reflect back then how busy we are and how has that changed? That was how I began. And now everything's on the phone, of course, right? So you're making that transition. Have you ever had to make that transition from paper to phone? It's hard. It's really hard. I, uh, my wife has the propensity, or at least she did for years, to book us for social engagements where I was already booked because she was pen and paper and I was, I transitioned to the phone. And we finally, we went and then we had this fun marriage class. We, every couple of years we do a marriage class, not because we need it, 30 years plus going on, but because it's just good to kind of touch base again, you know, like you would a sales coach, well, this is a marriage coach and, and it's fun. And so we, in this course, it comes up and it says, what's one thing your spouse can do for you that would make your life better? And I said, oh my gosh, please move over to using a phone from paper. So then I can have a common calendar and we will stop booking each other and stressing each other out. And so she made that commitment and she did that and life has been much better. What that's allowed us to do is now I can see into her day. She can see into my day. I can coach her when she's going to miss an appointment because she likes to talk. She will not deny this. She loves to talk. And it's no different than probably you on a phone. I've had more meetings that I've called, for example, and they never show up because their other call went too long. It's all about follow-up. It's all about how do we stay organized? It's about how do we use the tools we have? What processes do we have to make sure we're maximizing our time? That's the bottom line. Imagine my delight when I happened to stumble across this article, which led me then to saying me to have this person on the show. And the article was called, here are five strategies to help you build a powerful follow-up system. And I said, I need this. So where would you find this article? Well, you could probably find this article on this little site called MeredithElliottPowell.com. And if you haven't figured it out, by the way, I'm talking about that Meredith Elliot Powell. Let's see if she's here. Meredith, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? I am great, thank you. How are you? It's quite quite the beginning. Well, you know, I ramble. I go all over the place. And what's awesome is the audience rambles with me. And I say this because we do get some analytics. I'm sure there's a ton of them listening right now that go fast forward 30 seconds. In fact, true story, Meredith, on my particular podcast app that I use on my phone, there is a feature, I kid you not, if you type the letter L on the screen, it does what's called a Leo jump, L-E-O, because that's named after a guy named Leo Laporte. And Leo Laporte is a famous podcaster forever. He's known for uh, This Week in Technology, Twit. He goes way back when. And he ran his commercials. Like, yeah, the sponsored commercials are like five minutes long, each one. He says, we're going for a little break. It's five minutes later. He's still wrapping it up. The advertisers love it but the listeners, not so much. So they created this Leo jump on the podcast app. And I'm positive that most of my listeners sometimes do the little Leo jump when I'm rambling, but many stick with me. So there we go. There they have it. How are you doing these days, Meredith? I am good. I am excited. I am hanging out in Charleston, South Carolina today, and life is good. And you're on the beach there. You were saying to be in the green room. It's just want you to know it's really annoying because I'm up here in Canada and, and I'm not on the beach. I don't know if you have any sympathy for me, but let me guess. It's like sunny outside, isn't it? It's sunny and it's 70 degrees. Oh, I... 
And I would like to add, it's daylight savings time, so the light's going to hold later, and life is good right now. Oh, it's true. When we uh, when we uh, did this recording, folks, we had just changed daylight savings time, so everybody's a little happier. Now, if you don't know Meredith, let me tell you a little bit about her, okay? She is a sales rock star. She's going to be at the Outbound Conference. If you missed, Meredith was with Mark Hunter on our webinar we did in, I think it was January of this year. It was all about prospecting. Go to VanillaSoft.com website. We had so much amazing feedback on that webinar. It was through the roof, so definitely worth your time. You can check her out at MeredithElliottPowell.com. She's on Twitter. She's on LinkedIn. She's got a great YouTube channel. Check them all out. I literally just bought her book, the best sales book ever and the the best sales leadership ever. So that has been purchased. It's supposed to arrive today or tomorrow. I'm really excited about that one. And in fact, we're going to be giving away Meredith's book soon. So watch for that promotion if you haven't seen it already. She is all about business growth. She's about sales leadership. She's about not sales skills and leadership skills. She's a speaker. She's a coach. She's an author. She's pretty much a rock star and everything I want to be when I grow up. So Meredith, thanks for making me feel bad about my lack of success and you're kicking ass there at the beach. She's giggling at me. I love it. All right. Let's talk about the whole follow-up stuff. Uh, let's put it in the context of our sales professional friends. Set the big stage, the big picture for me. Do you see follow-up and the need for a system as an issue? Are most people okay these days? Because we have, as I mentioned, we have our phones or our PDAs. We have our calendars and Gmail or Outlook on our desktops. We have sales engagement platforms that are all about the follow-up. Do we suck at this or what's the word? Yeah, we uh, we pretty much suck at this. Um, I have a theory. I feel like follow-up is probably one of the biggest issues in sales today. I mean, I think the statistics are, I'm not exactly sure this is right, but it takes anywhere from eight to 12 touches to actually get a prospect or a customer to bite. And we tend to give up as sales professionals. At best, we stay in with three touches. But understand when I'm talking about follow-up, I'm talking about follow-up not only with your prospects, but in today's marketplace, you have to follow up with your existing customers. And the reason is because if somebody has bought from you, they trust you and they believe in you. And the worst thing that could happen to you in this economy, the worst, is that one of your existing customers finds out about a product or service they need or want, and they find out about that product or service from somebody else other than you. And I'm just, I'm listening to you say that in my mind, I'm saying, and that's a bad thing because that it really (laughs) is a really bad thing. And the reason this kills me, I actually was having this conversation with a number of people in the last week or two. I've had a number of people on LinkedIn really reaching out to me and asking for my advice. And I was having this conversation about different cadences and different outreach follow-up. And I'm like, even if you know the deal's not now, they may say to you, not today, we're not ready. And if you go away for six months or a year... It could be like two weeks later after your last phone call where all of a sudden everything changed and they forget about you because out of sight, out of mind, you need to follow up. Maybe not every single day, but you need to stay top of mind. And and I, I see that as a problem all the time. So let me ask you this. Is the easiest way to do this, to make sure we follow up, is, is that to create an actual schedule that we follow? Is that a fair statement or not? in my opinion, what you need is a system. And a system really begins with a schedule. 
system is a series of steps that you're going to use. And rather than think of those steps as individual, understand if they work together, they have a compounding effect. And the first thing you need to do is you need a schedule. And Daryl, you know this better than anybody. The best way to schedule your follow-up is to use your CRM, to use that customer relationship management system that you know a little bit about, because that's the best place to hold that schedule. I just want to tell you really quickly, I'm a salesperson at heart. And one reason I think that we struggle with follow-up is because we're about the hunt. We like what's new. We like to chase what's new. There's no bigger high than actually getting the customer to agree to sit down and talk with you. So it loses a little bit of its sex appeal when we realize we've got to nurture that close to sale. That's not who we are by nature. So I fought the CRM. I fought that so much at the beginning of my sales career. And when people ask me now, the biggest mistake I ever made, the biggest mistake I ever made was not using a CRM immediately. So when you say you fought it, I'm actually really intrigued by that because I get it. I almost feel your pain when you were saying that. It was very mm -hmm. visceral. It was it because you couldn't be bothered with, shall we say, the administrative aspects of it? You just wanted to go on to the next, the next hunt, if you will, the next prospect. Was that why? Yeah, you don't want to do the administrative. I also, you know, I'm a little cocky. I think I don't need I don't need something telling me when I need to call somebody or what I need to say. I falsely believed I would remember and, and I falsely believed I would stay up on top of stuff. So even in my 20s, I mean, I could blame it on age now, but even in my 20s, I would call people and I would ask the same thing that I'd asked them before. Or I forgot to ask the fact that how was their vacation? Because that's what they were leaving and doing the last time, you know, the last time we talked. Or worse, I would just plain forget about them. And so you've got to schedule that. The hardest thing you ever do is get an appointment with a prospect. It is so hard these days. So if you've done that heavy lift, why not get it into a schedule so that you know the next time you're supposed to follow up with them? So there's two things that jumped to mind. I'll throw them out there. One, I love the idea of capturing those notes because that really gives you the continuity because you can refer back to the last engagement. My biggest beef with people who reach out to me is they don't prep for the meeting. So even when you get yeah. me in an active sales cycle, I find often I'm spending in the first 10 or 15 minutes repeating the answers to you that I already gave you because you didn't write it down. And that annoys the crap out of me. Whereas if you start the call by saying, okay, so last time we talked, this was the situation, A, B, C, D, and E. Oh, and you were going on vacation. So I want to know how is the vacation? And then can we visit A, B, C, D, E again to see if that's changed? It gives the call so much focus and it respects the person's time. So I love that. And I see too many people missing that mark, which is a shame because all you're doing is doing a disservice to yourself. You're losing your own street cred. You want to differentiate because what people forget too is that if there is an active buying cycle going on, it's not just use. It's not just product A versus product B or vendor A versus vendor B. It's sales rep A versus sales rep B. Who do I like the best? So you want to respect Completely. their time. Yeah. The other part that I find so frustrating and would love your thoughts on this one is people who actually do make that next follow-up in their CRM or in their sales engagement platform, whatever it is. And then when it pops up on their screen, they ignore it. You're laughing. I know. And this is what we see. You said they make two or three attempts and they stop. We see that almost 50% of leads are actually followed up on regularly because they're getting told to call them and they're ignoring it altogether. The statistic to somewhere over 50%, but over 50% of leads that are qualified, 
the meaning that they would be a really good lead. They have a need for what you sell. Over 50% of them are interested in buying. They're qualified, but they're not ready to purchase. So the chances that you are going to interact with somebody at the exact moment they're ready to buy are like slim to none. I mean, nobody got up this morning, got down on a knee and prayed to God that a sales professional would call them. So you've got to nurture that lead along. So what I say to people is if you are not following up on that lead, you just opened the door for the competition, especially if you touch them two to three times, you did all the heavy lifting. Because I guarantee you, the next person who picks that up, if they'll just stay in the ring for four or five more touches, they'll close that deal. That's killer. That's incredible. Okay, we need to go for a quick little break. We have four points to cover off rapid fire when we come back, but they're all going to be around helping you folks know what that schedule is, how it works, what frequency, how do you measure the results, all that great stuff. So don't go anywhere. Do not hit that Leo button. Do not fast forward 30 seconds. Listen to our fine sponsors. We'll be back in about 30 seconds. Stay tuned. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them, and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. Okay, so you talked about the frequency. You said two to three attempts. You said follow-up. A follow-up could be phone, could be email, could be social, could be a direct mail. It could be a multitude of things. Talk to me about your cadence because if I'm right, you know, that is what defines how often you're following up, what time of day, what channel you're using. I find too many reps are just doing it without a cadence in mind. They're saying, okay, they didn't answer the phone. Uh, I'll make a follow-up appointment in a task in a month from now. I don't know. Or uh, 10 days sounds good. Or I'm not busy three weeks from now. And that's when I'll do it. There's no rhyme or reason to it. So talk to me about cadence and that's relevant. Typically, what I tell my clients with um, with Cadence is you have to understand where the prospect is in the sales cycle. If anybody is hot in the sales cycle, meaning that we have literally had a conversation and they say, yes, I'm ready to do business, you know, I, I want to pull the trigger, then they go into a rapid fire follow-up, right? I'm going to stay present. I'm going to stay visible with them. Somebody who had a meeting and they tell me that they have budget constraints right now or some other project that needs to move forward, but they have an interest, I'll probably follow up with them on an every other month basis. And then I have leads that I know are a good lead for me, but they have not shown an interest. And they go into two to um, three times a year I follow up. 
Daryl, I got to tell you, I am like a barnacle on the side of a boat. If you fit my target market, I am staying in touch with you until you pull the trigger. I just closed a deal a couple of weeks ago that I've been following that lead for two years, but you've got to have a strategy in place. Whatever you do, understand who your leads are and then put the right cadence to it. Make sure it makes sense for them, not for you. I love that. And so when we use the word cadence, maybe not everybody's familiar with the term, that could as well be called a sequence or a playbook. Yeah. They're, they're all pretty much the same thing. And what I heard you describe is a couple of things. And, and I'm loving what you said. A, you said, basically, I heard you say you had basically three different cadences, kind of like the a decision yeah. may happen soon or may, maybe not quite soon, but I'm going to stay in touch with you quarterly or I'm going to stay in touch with you, you know, every six months, what have you, whatever it might be. The point is from super urgent to not so urgent, but not, you know, not disappeared. I love that. So your schedule can be dynamic. You can have multiple schedules, multiple cadences, depending on the prospect and you just pop them into that. Marketing does a good job of this. You see them have lots of different nurtures or drips. You're the same way. So if you have a difficulty doing that, then you should get tools that will help you with that. But the other part that I really liked about your cadence was, and this is why I try to teach sales reps who are hungry. Exactly your point. You said, I'm hungry. I want to go on to the next one. Well, sometimes being hungry means playing the long game. You said it took me two years. You've been hungry for two years, but you stocked them. You stocked your prey for two years because you knew if you just stayed stayed there on their periphery, talked to them periodically, that when the time was right, that was your business to kill, so to speak. How many times do you find reps are just not patient enough? I think they aren't uh, patient enough. And it's always made a difference. I think the conversation we are having has always been important, but I think in today's marketplace, it is even more important. It is harder than ever to get people's attention. It is harder than ever to differentiate yourself from the competition. On top of that, you got to deal with constant disruption in the marketplace. You're going to do a better job of closing more business if you focus on the leads that you have already had contact with and then nurture those leads to close. All right. So then let's talk about bringing numbers into the game. You talked about having the cadence and, you know, cause it's always about scheduling that next follow-up, but how do I know what the right cadence is? How do I track my results? How do I measure that? And, and are people doing that now or should they be doing it? I mean, you tell me. I don't think that people do that. You know, I always tell um, my clients, even though I am a sales coach, I always say the best sales coach you're ever going to have is yourself. If you track the sales follow-up calls that you're making, if you track the appointments that you get from that, if you track the closed deals that you get from that, and you look at it on a monthly basis, you'll start to see what's working in your follow-up system and what isn't working in your follow-up system. I'll give you a great example. A couple of months ago, I wrote an article all about sales leadership and really how to take your sales leadership, how sales leadership can take your team to the next level and what's missing in the strategy. And I got that published in a leading sales magazine and I shared it out and it got a lot of hits. It got a lot of responses. It got a lot of thank you. We'll share that. Well, when I do the review, I'm able to see what my audience is responding to, what they're interested in, making sure that my follow-up system is constantly getting better and better and better. So you need to be tracking and measuring and understanding what's working. Another example right now is at the time of this recording, we're dealing with the coronavirus. 
So I'm not selling my speaking business right now because nobody's really booking conferences. And that would be a rude thing to do when everybody's trying to figure out how to save what they've got. I've backed up and I've shifted my follow-up system to focus more on my strategic planning and more on my coaching, two things that are acceptable given the marketplace right now. All right. So I want to go, you had, a you had a sentence in your article that popped off the page at me. You said follow-up is more, it's more about adding value than it is asking for the business. I would think most people would say you should always be asking for the business, but you're saying, no, you got to add value. Talk to me about how you can add value and how that applies to my cadence and my scheduled follow-ups. Yeah, so I believe it's a 70-30 split. 70% of your follow-up ought to be adding value and 30% ought to be asking for the business. And this even means with a hot prospect. So let's assume, Daryl, you've told me, Meredith, I think you're amazing. I'm ready to buy your services. Let's pull the trigger. And I follow up with you immediately. And then I follow up again and you go dark on me. And that happens to every single one of us. We have a hot lead and it goes dark. Well, if I keep pinging you and saying, hey, Daryl, are you ready to do, to do business? Are you ready to do business? You reach a point with me that you think, I don't care if I loved her. I don't care if I love her product. I don't care if it's the best thing on the market. I hate her now and I'm not going to buy from her even if she was the last person I could buy from. So you have to understand that when people don't respond to you, it's not about you. They're busy. What happened was their the roof blew off their building. Their biggest client just handed them a new deal and their kid just got a D in math. Life is insanely busy right now. And so you have to understand that even if somebody has said, I'm ready to do business, if they're not responsive, add value. Let them know, hey, I get it. I'm going to stay visible until you're ready to pull the trigger. Now with other clients who really haven't said, I'm ready to buy your product, if you just start coming on like a bat out of you know where trying to sell them, they're going to pull away. So I really believe it is I'm going to show you what I could do for your business and I'm going to pepper that with saying, are you ready to pull the trigger? Okay. Now in the article though, was your very next point though, was you need to find the balance, which in a nutshell says you can't spend all your time adding value without actually asking for the business, which you kind of touched on a little bit there right now, but you had a personal story about how you actually missed out on the business because you didn't ask for the business. Is that right? Yes. And you'll find that most things I read and write about are because I learned them the hard way. It's absolutely. I spoke at a conference. I got off stage. They said, we loved you. We would love to have you back for next year. I assumed that meant I was going to be speaking on the platform next year. My cocky self, I followed up with them all year long. I sent value added articles. I did interviews for them. I published for their magazine. I did their podcast. I did everything to add value. A month before the conference, I got a little nervous. I thought, you know, I don't know what time I'm speaking. I don't know anything. And I called and they said, I'm so sorry. We've already booked everybody. Stay in touch with us for next year. I never asked again to be on the platform. I assumed because they said they were interested. So that's why I say it's a 70-30 split. Add value, but spend 30% of your time saying, hey, I'm still here and I want to do business with you. This all began about my wife and I being unable to schedule follow-up time together for our personal calendars. That got me to the leading. How do we bring that over to the sales profession? That's when I found Meredith's article about five strategies to help you build a powerful follow-up system. She talks about using a sales follow-up schedule, determine your cadence, make sure you track and measure, always create value, but then of course, find the balance. 
and ask for the business. That's why you do follow up. This is why you stay relevant. There's a lot more there than just meets the eye, of course. I would suggest you definitely go out to her website, MeredithElliottPowell.com. Please follow her on LinkedIn. If you're not going to outbound, book your appointment, book your ticket now. I'll give you a hint. She has a code. I have a code. They both get you a hundred bucks off, but you can only use one code. So it's your choice. If you want to know the code, just ping us. One of us will answer you. In the meantime, Meredith, any final words of wisdom for my audience here on the Inside Inside Sales Show? Absolutely. Please remember the sale happens in the follow-up. It always happens in the follow-up. It's the most important piece of the sales process. You need to keep your foot on the gas and you'll close more deals. All right. There you have it. Meredith, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to seeing you in Atlanta. In the meantime, folks, that wraps another week. I have six more days, maybe six and a half before I need to figure out a new line that can open up the next show with. So I don't say, hey, how's it going, kids? Hope you enjoyed today's show. I had a lot of fun. Thank you, Meredith. If you've not subscribed yet, please do so. We appreciate every single like, share, follow, and comment you leave us. We read them all, and we often bring them back here to the show. My name is Daryl Prail. That's another episode of Inside Inside Sales. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prail, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. Sponsored by Vanilla Soft.